Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Profoundly Pointless Podcast. My name is Nick. This episode is going to be all about yo-yos, feet, death, and things you shouldn't do before noon. Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's there's plenty of times where I feel like, man, why did I get into yo-yos? Like, I should have got into something else. But at the same time, when I really think about that and I reflect on what yo-yoing has brought to my life, like, I, I've been able to make a living from yo-yos. I've been able to traveled to over 25 different countries we talking five I, figures we talking six we talking seven i i like my nice sports car <laughs> no way the lex luger is is the narcissist he's the american dream yeah but lex luthor is a comic book character that would come to life and i once remember watching a video of him running on a treadmill carrying 60 pound dumbbells lex lugor can't do that lex luthor is the better athlete like my big toe has a national day. Does it? I should. It's a good-looking big toe. How do you... Have you compared it to other people's big toes? I have actually been told that my feet, for a man, are very nice-looking. That is kind of creepy. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. It really helps us out. We really appreciate it. Recently on the podcast, we've been talking a lot about yo-yos. And that's because John Scholl made this revelation that when he was growing up, he tried to do a lot of yo-yo tricks, and he had a big yo-yo collection. And this was something that nobody outside of basically his immediate family knew. And that got me thinking about what is, what is the life like of someone who is a professional yo-yo competitor? Our first guest is one of the best around. This is Gentry Stein. So I just watched one of your videos, and I was just, holy shit, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Do I know nothing about yo-yos, or is that incredible even amongst kind of competitive, that aspect of the sport? So honestly, most most people don't really know too much about what modern yo-yos are like. Um, you know, yo-yos kind of have had this stigma over the years of just kind of being this this nerdy toy that kids play with but really it's it's a lot more than that you know like you said you saw my video you can do so much more with it and it's it's really turned into something that you know obviously i think is cool but most people when they see modern yo-yoing there they're pretty amazed at what they think they were expecting versus what they're actually seeing how did you get into this 
Yeah, so I've been doing this since I was really young. Um, I started when I was like eight years old um, in my hometown, Chico, California. Uh, that's where the National Yo-Yo Museum is, which is, it's kind of like a, it's just in the back of a toy store um, in the downtown area. And they, uh, they have yo-yo lessons there every Saturday. Um, so I heard about this when I was when I was little and headed over to the yo-yo lessons and saw that everyone was doing all these crazy tricks. And at that time, I, I was playing sports and involved in art and all that kind of stuff. And so um, as soon as I started yo-yoing, it was like this really cool challenge where I could kind of be creative, but also push myself um, in like a competitive way. Um, so it really kind of allowed me to fulfill both of my my passions through one thing when did you kind of know like all right this isn't just a hobby that i'm messing around with this is something that like i'm really good yeah so i i competed in my first contest in 2009 um and i did not do very well at all i was i was super upset with how i did and of course i'm a super competitive person so um i put a ton of work in after that and then for my second contest ever I flew from California to Seattle, and then at that competition, I got second. And the, actually, the guy who won, he became the world champion later that year, so I got second to the future world champion. And everyone was kind of like, who is this kid that came out of nowhere and got second? And for me, it really just kind of opened up my eyes to what the possibilities were for me in the future of yo-yo. How much will you have to practice every day or every week? Yeah, so it, it really depends, um, and it also depends on what you consider practice. So, like, actual time where I'm practicing yo-yo is a lot different than the other work that I'll put into what I do. Um, for example, like, I'll work a lot with music. Um, I'll edit my music a lot. So, like, with all the competitions, it's a, it's a three-minute routine. And so not only are you just – you're not just standing up on stage in silence doing some yo-yo tricks while standing still – like it's a performance, and so you have music that you've choreographed the routine to, and you're you're you have to plan your stage movement and try to hype the crowd up. Um, and so there's a lot of aspects to it. So it, it really depends on what time of year and if I have a contest coming up. Um, but if I do, I usually practice at least a few hours a day on just the tricks, and then another few hours um, working with my music and choreographing the routine and all of that. Um, this year for the world contest, I actually, or last year, um, I, I was practicing for like six to eight hours a day, which I later found wasn't really the best idea because I wasn't able to really keep like a proper balance in my life. And I got like so into it and put all this pressure on myself. And um, But it, it takes a lot of practice. But I think the best thing that I've found for me has been to like make sure I'm putting enough practice into where I feel comfortable with what I'm presenting, but also like you know, I'm stoked on the other things going on in my life, too. What are the judges looking for? Basically, they're looking at the difficulty of your tricks, the variation of your tricks, um, as well as your performance, which includes your choreography, your body control, your space use, and your showmanship and stuff like that. So if you make essentially, if you make one mistake, is it over with in that competition? You can make more than one mistake, but it depends on how big your mistakes are. So, I mean, if you just have a couple of fumbles here and there, that's fine. You kind of have to, like, if you want to you want to place well or if you want to win, you have to be at, like, at least 90% perfection, um, which it's interesting because, like, in most sports, you know, the, the best basketball players are shooting 
45% from three-point range, but, like, you know, they're still the best if they're missing 55% of their three-point shots. Um, but with the yo-yos, like, you, you have those three minutes on stage, and um, if you're missing more than, you know, 6 to 10% of your tricks, then you're not going to win. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot of pressure. How do you handle that pressure? It's, it's real tough. What, what I've kind of found is I really try to, like, embrace the feelings I get. Um, and I, I find that the feelings of being nervous and the feelings of being excited and, like, pumped up, um, those two feelings have a lot of similarities. And so I try to just kind of channel all of those feelings into, like, just positive energy in general and, like, just kind of be pumped up to go on stage and not try to psych myself out by, like, really thinking about how nervous I am. Since you kind of mentioned other sports, do you feel like yo-yo is a sport? Yeah, so when when I was first kind of getting into competing, I didn't really feel that way. Um, but as I've taken competing a lot more seriously, I, I completely feel like it is a sport. Um, especially, like, you know, when I will we'll have, like, an eight-hour practice day. Um, it's pretty intense. And, like, people might... when When someone hears, like, Oh, I'm I'm practicing yo-yoing. That's intense. They might kind of laugh at that, but like, it's like I said, it's a full-on performance, and and for those three minutes, you're you're moving your body in all sorts of ways, just like like someone's dancing, right? What is about you, I guess, that makes you good at it? In a sense, like, are you really coordinated? Is there something physical that allows you to be good at it? It's, it's kind of something that's cool about yo-yos because I think really anyone can be good at it. I mean, of course, it takes eye-hand coordination, but you can it, it helps build that. So even if you're someone who's not coordinated, you can still become really good at yo-yos. Um, I mean, of course, with all sports, natural talent comes into play. I think for me, um, I take a big focus on the performance aspect. So there's a lot of yo-yo players that all can become really, really good at their tricks. But I try to kind of bring the performance to new levels by having a lot more musicality in my routines and a lot more entertaining performances. But it's not necessarily like if I just decided, you know what, 8 o'clock right now, I'm going to be a competitive yo-yo player or yo-yo competitor. And if I just started practicing nonstop, I would be good at it. You probably could. I would, I would be confident that you, you know, I, I actually feel like, I think this yo-yoing has taught me this, but I feel like everybody can be good at anything they really want to. Um, it just, it depends on how much work you're willing to put in. Like, I think anyone can become good at yo-yos. I'm confident that if people are willing to put in the work, they can. Have you ever been doing this and had any kind of a doubt or a thought like, this is kind of weird or this is kind of lame or anything like that? Oh, 100%. Yeah, there's there's plenty of times where I feel like, man, why did I get into yo-yos? Like, I should have got into something else. But at the same time, when I really think about that and I reflect on what yo-yoing has brought to my life, like, I, I've been able to make a living from yo-yos. I've been able to travel to over 25 different countries. Um, and really, it's it's not just... It's become about more than just the yo-yo. Um, for me, I'm still involved in this because I, I get to continuously make a huge impact on kids. Um, and be a role model for kids. Um, it's it's fun. It's something I love doing. It's like I, I really don't think it matters 
what I'm doing anymore at this point. Um, so whenever I have those thoughts, I just kind of reflect on the incredible path that like yo-yoing has guided me down. I was thinking about this like, okay, so basketball, football, baseball are viewed one way. Yo-yo, hacky sack, bowling, those kind of things are viewed another way. But it's not yeah. really any different in like their value to society necessarily. Do you ever think about that? Does Does that ever kind of go through your mind in the sense that all of them you could make an argument are equally pointless so to say or they all have equal value <laughs> like yeah yo-yoing yeah. could be viewed this way but basketball is just putting a ball in a hoop you you asked it well that's something i've thought about a lot actually um because i think when you when you really dig down into like anything that most people do um a lot of it's kind of silly like a lot of it's kind of ridiculous with piano you're just pressing down on on buttons essentially and making noise like but really what's happening is um it's a it's a creative outlet or it's a competitive outlet um so really i think all of these things have a lot of similarities to each other um but different people just happen to jump into different things what was it kind of like in high school or as you were growing up were friends pretty accepting accepting is not the right word, but it's I'm not smart enough to think of a better one. But did friends kind of ever say like, oh, <laughs> going to your yo-yo competition this weekend? Or were they like, hey, man, that's cool? So I think I, I think I had a mixture of responses. Usually I found that most people thought it was pretty sick. Like, And the people that didn't think it was cool were usually the people that you could tell didn't really feel that great about themselves and were kind of trying to bring down other people. But I didn't really let that phase me too much. Any of that kind of energy that I got, I just kind of laughed at it, knowing that, like, okay, well, you can think think what you want. Like, I, I wish that you were happier in your life so you wouldn't have to feel like you'd have to bring others down. But uh, I'm, I'm going to go off to Japan now. So, <laughs> Anytime you're kind of one of the best in the world at anything, I don't think people can really talk shit about that. People always you know, try to figure out a way to, to talk smack to people like, you know, and I think especially as you become good at things, like people are going to try to seek out a way to bring you down. Cause like they wish that they were good at something. Now you, you've mentioned that this has kind of taken you all over the world. Where have you been? Like, what's that been like? I probably, you know, I, I don't know if I'd say I wouldn't have traveled without this, but like, it has been the thing that's taken me everywhere. Um, I've been to Asia countless times. Like I've been to Japan like six, seven times. Um, I did a tour um, from everywhere from Singapore, Malaysia, South Korea. Um, I've been to Europe quite a few times. I won the world contest in the Czech Republic in Prague. And it's, it's cool. You know, most of my best friends live all around the world. You don't have to hit a number or anything like that, but how much... Are you making a pretty good living off of this? I, I work with a company called Yo-Yo Factory, and I have multiple signature model yo-yos, just like a skateboarder will have a, a signature deck or a basketball player has like a signature basketball shoe. Um, so I've, I've put input onto these designs, um, and now they're sold all around the world. I'll also do events in different places, um, performances and um i've been doing like a couple of motivational talks and stuff recently 
Um, so yeah, I, I release like some merch, I make YouTube videos, I'm active on Instagram and all that. So yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's been great for me. We talking five figures, we talking six, we talking seven. I, I like my nice sports car. (laughs) It's nothing crazy. It's nothing crazy, but, um, I'm, I love doing it. And, And, you know, I, at that point, I don't really care how much money I'm making, if I'm making a million dollars, if I'm making, you know, 10 grand, like it's, I've, I've loved what I do. I've been in so many scenarios where I'm just kind of living my life. Like I'll, I'll be at a contest and just hanging out with a kid for five minutes will make them so stoked. And it takes such little effort on my part. And so it's, it's just really cool to see, like, I'm just having fun and I don't really have to do much yet i can i can really bring a lot of smiles to people's faces what is yeah. the best yo-yo chick trick oh man that so the thing is like you have you have the core tricks that everybody kind of learns um but then once you kind of start to learn all of those then you really create your own tricks and so yo-yoing is just a very visually like aesthetically pleasing thing so I kind of personally believe that any trick that looks cool is the best trick. Um, are you pretty athletic in terms of like other sports, the more traditional kind of sports? Would 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 people be surprised? Um, so I I grew up playing sports. Like I played basketball in high school and stuff. Um, I can dunk fairly consistently. <laughs> that's really that's that's really all you got to say. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a pretty good barometer. Wait, but you're not like seven one or something, are you? No, I'm like 6'2". See, that's legit. Are you ready for the hard questions? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready. Can or, this get you God. laid? Sorry? Can this get you laid? Oh, gosh. See, these are these are questions that, that usually I don't get asked because yo-yo is a very kid-friendly thing, so I usually keep it pretty PG. That's, that's a good um, point. <laughs> that's a good point. But, you know, I have a beautiful girlfriend. Is there a country that or even a state in the United States that seems to be much more in the, into this than other ones? Yeah, um, it's tough in the U.S. because the U.S. is so big and it's very spread out. Um, but there's, there's a really big scene in Japan right now. Um, it's, it's really nice. Like, the last time I went to Japan, um, we did some shows, like, in front of uh, Akihabara Station and, so, and also in Shinjuku. So if any anyone knows Japan, they know where those places are. But uh, you know, in a place like that, you can you can be performing for ten minutes and have thousands and thousands of people see you. So that really kind of sets up a good dynamic for people to get into it. If somebody wanted to kind of get into this to go to that competitive route, what what advice would you give them? I mean, anyone wanting to get into anything, the advice to just like get started on it. Um, you know, that's something that, that I've been kind of working on recently is like, I've done so much yo-yo stuff and now I'm thinking like, oh, there's more stuff I want to do. Like, and I, I've just been getting started with those things. So I think, you know, if you watch, watch a video of mine or something, you think it's cool. Just like, just get a yo-yo. They're not too expensive. Um, I sell yo-yos on my website, one of my beginner models for like 15 bucks. Um, and you can do tons of tricks. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, just just get started. Are you ever surprised at how much people are into it? I, I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I mean, I think 
with anything, people, there's always people that get really into stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't think I'm surprised. Can you keep doing this for how much longer? Or can you do it for your whole life? Yeah, you know, I, I never like to try to project too far into the future. But I, I know that yo-yos will always be some part of my life. Um, I'm not sure how, how big of a part. But as of now, it's what I'm doing. And I love it. And so I have no idea what's coming for me in the future. But I, I'm always working hard and having fun. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I want to thank Gentry so much for joining us. If you get a chance, you really need to see some of his videos. Because when I saw them... What I was expecting is not what yo-yo competitions are like now. I just kept finding myself going, holy shit. Even if you're not, even if you're not interested in yo-yos or yo-yo competitions or anything like that, when you watch one of these, you would have to admit that that is pretty impressive. The best way to connect with him We have included a link to his website on our RSS feed. You can kind of click that depending on where you're listening to the podcast. Or we've also linked to him on our social media accounts. We're Profoundly Pointless on Facebook, Instagram, Instagram, and Twitter. Now let's go ahead and give John Shaw a call. And you'll notice that in this conversation, even though he has finally unveiled his much-anticipated yo-yo video, which you can find on our YouTube page, I'm not going to say anything to him about it and see if he just brings it up. Hello? Are you trying to disguise your voice? I don't know who this is. Are you trying to disguise your voice or are you sick or just just inform me of what's happening here? I'm sorry, I think you have the wrong number. Were you looking for dominoes? Wait a minute. Are you trying to throw bass into it? Is that what you're doing? I'm all about that bass. About that bass. No trouble. I think she says no treble, or does she say no trouble? Treble, treble. What? Green jacket, blue jacket. Who gives a shit? What do you want to happen to you when you die? <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> just going all the way to, from left to right on that one. What do you mean, what do I want to have happen when I die? Like, get buried, cremated? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like your body. What do you want to happen? Just cremate me. I don't care. That's kind of how I feel about it, too. Like, I'm dead. What do I care? I I, I mean, there's nothing physical that you can take with you, right? Obviously. So, I mean, I I actually made this joke to my father not too long ago where, where he had said, just cremate him. And I said, that's fine. I'll put your urn, like, in the middle of my living room and stare at you all day. Yeah, I feel like the whole kind of just having a dead body, like, awake, or having the, you know, everybody can view you in the casket after you're dead, that's really kind of strange. I mean, I I, I don't think it's strange. I mean, I think everyone copes and they grieve differently and and whatnot. I, I would like to know where it started to where... You have multiple days of, you know, saying goodbye and things like from a physical standpoint, because there are some people, especially celebrities that get like two weeks worth of lying in state. And it's like that. That's not gross. Well, I mean, I don't think it's celebrities. I think they're usually politicians or presidents or something like that. 
But I know what you mean. Like I remember some recent funerals and they're just carting they're just carting this dead body all over the country. That just to me is it almost seems like I wouldn't want somebody to do that. I would specifically request not to have that happen. I just <laughs> I'm gonna have a sign on me and and when I die that says don't manhandle me. What if what if though you're what if the thing is is that you're secretly like you're dead? But you can watch all of these things happen. I feel like life is very remnant of that, or reminiscent of that movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze. You feel like life in general is very reminiscent of that. You you become, you know, you become a a spirit, and you just walk the earth. See, that to me would be creepy for everybody. Like if I was a spirit, think about the things that you have done in your life. That what if your grandma was just over your shoulder and saw some of that stuff? Like, would you really want that happening? That would be that be terrible. <laughs> for for both of you, not just because of the things that that you've been doing, but she wouldn't want to see that either. You know, she can leave, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah but... that that. <laughs> what if you don't even realize it, but you just have like a crowd of people around those moments? That's you don't the even thing. Know. You could think you're all alone in your house on a Tuesday afternoon, thinking you got some alone time. And all your dead relatives are just staring right at you. <laughs> it's it's not even like Halloween, and we're uh, we're back to talking about you know spirits and ghosts and things. I love it. I, I love it. I just think that if that's what happens, then there needs to whoever is in charge of that needs to put some rules in place. I, I, who who's in charge of them? Jesus, the devil, whoever. There should be rules in place after your death about when and where you can look in on what people are doing. Do you think that the other side like has like elections? Like maybe Saddam Hussein is like running the spirit. Maybe he's the president of the spirits. That's what I'm always fascinated by is like we really don't know. Like with all of the different religions, what if you pick the wrong one? And it turns out like, you know what? You lived a pretty good life, but it was actually Buddhism, and now you're gonna now you're going to hell. Growing up, my entire life, my father said that the Bible was just written by by a bunch of drunks that had nothing better to do. So if that's the case, uh, then we're probably all fucked. I feel like your father probably didn't put a lot of historical research into that statement. <laughs> I can guarantee you that he probably he was probably drunk himself. Your father needs to stop following and unfollowing the show because every day I get some notification that John Shaw has followed. I don't know what he's doing. You you know you know what he did? You know what he did tell me this week? Yeah. He said that was the best yo-yo video I've ever seen. How do you feel about your yo-yo video? Because I am both amazed by it and so disappointed at the same time. Well, so there's a lot there's a lot of background that goes into that video. How can there I be also, back that much background? It's 30 seconds long. The yo-yo broke right before I started. So I couldn't get the yo-yo to go to sleep. Uh, sleeping is when you get it to go down to the bottom and it, you know, it stays. That's how you can do walk the dog and you can do a bunch of other tricks. Good workman never blames his tools. And I'd only gotten two yo-yos from my parents' house and my other one uh, had been broken the previous night doing tricks, so I was left with that one. So you weren't prepared. Well, what else is new, right? However, 
You have to admit that my attire was amazing. You sold... Uh, here's what I would say about your yo-yo video. Overall, I think you sold it incredibly well. Because even though I've watched it many times, it took me a couple of times re- to go through it to realize you didn't do any tricks. Sure, I did the windmill at the end. It never stops. It's literally just you swinging it around. No, it's an art form, though. You know how much forearm uh, pressure and bicep uh, bicep ineptness I need to get that yo-yo at a perfect angle? Not very much, because I literally saw my two-year-old do the same thing with a piece of rope. No, no, no. You know what I wanted to do really quickly, because I don't think I've asked you this. I want to know what your biggest complaints about the podcast are. Like, when you listen to it, what stuff do you get mad at me about? Well, I, I mean, the, the, the biggest thing I get mad at you about in general is your negativity. You cannot say a nice word to me at all. At all. Every time I hear the intro, I know you're going to make me look like an idiot. Like, if I wasn't, if I was listening to this first time out, and I heard me talking in the tease video, I would be like, wow, that guy is a complete moron. I usually try to pick the most interesting or ear-catching thing that you say. And it's not necessarily me, because I'm not editing it to make you say something that you didn't actually say. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's so many things to do. I'm, I'm a busy guy, Nick. I got pizza to eat and shit to do. You know, I'm, I'm working on having an early grave here, okay? See, like right there. How am I not supposed to cut that into the tease? <laughs> I mean, maybe you are. Maybe I'm just a just a walking, you know, a walking uh, one one liner. Who knows? See, but I think, and this is my positive comment towards you, is that most people are likable because of their imperfections. I think that's what actually makes people like other people. It's not the stuff they do right. It's the stuff they screw up. You're the Lex Luger of uh, the podcast. Wait, are, did you mean to say Lex Luger, or were you going to, for Lex Luthor? No, not Lex. Lex Luger, the wrestler. See, I'm more familiar with Lex Luthor. <laughs> I know you are. That's why I was going to go Lex Luthor, and then I was like, no, I'm going to go with something that he has no idea about. Don't th- look. I know was- about. I know about Lex Luger. Listen, I, I need to tell you a story about my life, okay? All right, let's hear it. How many times, just in the past, we'll say two weeks, have you talked to your wife and and she said something or mentioned something about doing something or getting something or, or, or anything, and you were like, no, you know, or, or you gave her your opinion or, or went against it, and she went and did it anyways? That I know about? Sure. Pretty much all the time. Okay. Well, that's good to know uh, because I am now an owner of a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh, My wife asked me uh, a couple of days ago how I felt about getting a cat. And it's... What's its name? To be fair with the story, its owner passed away. It's an orphan cat. It's a younger cat. Whatever. That's a story. It needs a home. All I said to her was, you know, I'm indifferent on cats. I don't care one way or the other. That was a mistake. Our dog died recently. Whatever. I'd rather wait and get a dog in the springtime. 
Next thing I know, she goes, oh, hey, one of her friends got a hold of us, so-and-so. Uh, I'm going to get this cat Sunday morning. So now I have a cat named Sophie. When the cat arrived at your house, did you immediately cut off your genitalia? When you, she arrived with the cat, did she immediately also present you with a turtleneck sweater and some khakis? <laughs> no. That's now what you have to wear around the house is a turtleneck, preferably like not a, not a strong reddish color, and khakis, because that's basically who you are now. Oh, God. Yeah, well, I'm not proud of it, I can tell you that. And I, like I said, I don't even know if I'm going to meet this cat. And then my wife keeps telling What? It's not there yet? It's not at the house? No, it's here, but it's hiding somewhere. Are you going to refer to it as our cat or her cat? So, uh, so that brings up a good point. If I say it's her cat, I'm immediately the asshole. Not with a cat. If I try to take ownership of it and pretend that I care a little bit about the cat, then you know, then I, then I pretend it's part of the family. As where if I, you know, if I'm t- if we're talking to somebody and and I go, oh yeah, you know, she got a cat. I completely put up that invisible wall, and then I'm gonna get the look, and then on the ride home, she's gonna, you know, not want to bring it up. She's gonna bring it up, and then next thing I know, I'm gonna be sleeping on the fucking couch with the, with the cat. I, I don't know. The only thing I know about cats is apparently they're the most popular domesticated animal in the world, and they come from the lion. Did you know that the mako shark is the fastest shark in the ocean and can swim at speeds of up to 60 miles an hour? Wow. You're going <laughs> for Two things. First off, badass animal of the week. Mako sharks are, are, are fantastic creatures. And two... I thought the great white shark was the fastest shark. No, man. The Mako shark dusts the great white shark. I think the great white's only topping out at around 30. Think about that. Think about 60 miles an hour in the water. Like, when's the last time you were on a boat doing more than 20 and you about shit yourself? <laughs> it's, aren't Mako sharks, I'm sure you've done so much research on them. Uh, aren't Mako sharks, like, considered the most dangerous shark? Or was that tiger sharks? I think tiger sharks are the ones that you really don't screw around with. What do you think is the cat of the ocean? Ooh, that's a good... That's gonna have to, you're going to have to come back to me. I'm going to have to think a little bit on that one, which may take a couple of years. Yeah, that's a tough question. Apparently the tiger shark is the most dangerous shark, according to the 15 seconds worth of research I did and the one picture on Wikipedia I looked at. As much as I've let you down, I've come through, all right? Something's going right, all right? Because I I got a call from Captain D's Fish and Chips. Yeah, baby. All right, and they they want to sponsor just me, so I don't know what's going on. If If we actually did get someone who just sponsored you, I'd be okay with that. I would actually be proud of that. I would be so proud of you. I'd be like, yeah, that's great. How, 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 how much would you whore yourself out there? Like what percentage of your own dignity that you have now would you want to keep intact? I love being open and everything. And I, I, I love, you know, having people comment and, and tell us how they feel. But at the same point, I like that 5% of like, you know, personal life stuff that you still have going on so you'd be willing to whore out 95 percent of yourself sure why not 
John's Fast Five. Pew 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 pew. John's Fast Five. Pew 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 pew. John's Fast Five. My turn. My turn. <laughs> In a second. Wait. This isn't gonna work while he's out awake. You know that, right? Where are we at on? Are, do you have a top five for this week or a fast five for this week? I have a fast five and a top five, baby. Whoa! I also think I that you'd be more of a fan. I also think you'd be more of a fan of Lex Luthor and not Lex Luger. Uh, first off, it's Luger, and no, you're never gonna you're never gonna get me to waver on real athletes. First of all, Lex Luger is. Well, I mean, he probably is pretty athletic, but not not anymore. He's like he's like in a wheelchair now. Well, can, that's depressing. Um, but can we assume? Let's pretend that both Lex Luger and Lex Luthor are both real people. Lex Luthor crushes Lex Luger. No way. The Lex Luger is is the narcissist. He's the American dream. Yeah, but Lex Luthor is a comic book character that would come to life. And I remember watching a video of him running on a treadmill carrying 60-pound dumbbells. Lex Luger can't do that. Lex Luthor is the better athlete. Lex Luger once picked up a 400-pound man and put him in the torture rack. That's nothing compared to Lex Luthor, who has almost beaten Superman. This is getting getting pretty far off track. Hit me with the fast five. It might be the best video I've seen in the last three years. And apparently it's a squirrel in New York City that hangs out outside of a Chinese restaurant and picks scraps from the dumpster. Well, I don't know what happened or what they were dumping out specifically, but someone took the best video of this squirrel eating multiple egg rolls sitting in a tree. And it was the number one hashtag last week. That's Look, animals are they are they are smarter than we are. They will always figure out a way around whatever we try to do. Listen, all you got to do is do hashtag egg roll squirrel and you'll you'll be you'll be joining the millions of other people with no lives and uh no brains that love that squirrel. I'm a big fan of the squirrel. And then we have uh if I if I were to ask you and I'm a I'm a fisherman so this appealed to me. I know it won't appeal to you because I don't think you've ever been on a boat in your life. You're not a fisherman. You've been to the Detroit another, River and you stood on the banks. Story. If I if I were to ask you how much you think the uh, the 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 highest uh, sold fish was in the world, one fish and how much it's gone for in the history of the world, what would you think the record was? I would assume the record is probably three million for a bluefin tuna. Uh, you saw that story too, didn't you, you son of a bitch? No, I just know those kind of things. I'm a bluefin tuna expert. <laughs> Get the fuck out. All right, well, I, I, here's one you may or may not know about. Uh, and here's another thing that you've probably never done is gone to a bonfire. No, uh, you t- I'm from fucking Kansas. So what? Don't talk so to why, me what about if, what do you know about a field party on one five nine, son? What do you know about driving out in the middle of a dirt road and just drinking until the cops show up? What do you know about a field party? First off, there's so many questions that I have that I'm not entirely sure you'll be able to answer. What is one five nine? 
159 is a well-known road near Derby, Kansas, which is seldom patrolled by parents and law enforcement officers, and which basically everyone in high school in Derby, Kansas would go out and drink at. My, the, the story is out of the Netherlands, and it was this big bonfire uh, uh, event that they do. Well, there was a lot of wind. Uh, there was a, a, go, a front moving through that had a lot of wind with it. And it ended up uh, spawning off all these uh, fire tornadoes, which ended up destroying a couple houses. Some people got hurt. Um, you can also see those videos if you hashtag bonfire tornado, which are pretty fantastic. See, here's the thing. If you knew about bonfires like I know about bonfires, you would know that that's not even really a story because all bonfires end badly. I've only had one bad experience or had one bonfire and badly and it's because somebody that i was in college with had the idea of jumping in the fire at the end of the night see usually usually somebody's gonna jump over the bonfire and then somebody's (laughs) gonna throw some sort of aerosol can in the bonfire or gasoline and that's when things go badly uh that you know john's corner is gonna be uh, uh on fire this week. See what I did there? Oh, what happened to your hayo? You haven't been dropping hayo in a while. Well, I can't do it just now. January 10th, when this episode comes out, is, uh, and this goes along with my Eagle t shirt that I wore in the yo yo video, which, if you haven't seen it, uh, check out social media, uh, my social media and the show's social media. But uh, uh, it, January 10th is National Save the Eagles Day. Do you know of any other eagle besides the bald eagle? Uh, n- no, there is only one eagle. It's the bald eagle. Is the bald eagle really the only eagle? No, I, no I'm sure there are other eagles, but they're, they're not America's bird. The last one I have, which was just something I, I randomly ran across while doing just some random Google searching, is that January 11th, this Thursday... Is National Step in a Puddle and Splash Your Friends Day. Who the fuck came up with that? Like, my big toe has a national day. Does it? I should. It's a good-looking big toe. How do you... Have you compared it to other people's big toes? I have actually been told that my feet, for a man, are very nice-looking. That is kind of creepy. (laughs) Uh, Wait, who told you... Wait, who told you this? I, I Listen, I've had multiple women tell me that throughout my entire life, believe it or not. First of all, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Now i got to see a picture of your fucking feed. <laughs> well, uh, let me do some toe crunches first to get the veins going, and then uh, I'll send you a picture. Look, I, I don't take this the wrong way, but I feel like you might have fat feet. Oh, man. Uh, well... I can tell you, uh, marriage and having a child has not been good to me. But uh, if there's anything that I can rely on, it's not having cankles, believe it or not. So I'm, I'm good about that. After you've been given compliments about your feet, have you ever tried to like steer a conversation with a new girl about your feet? Like, have you ever tried to kind of put them up on display? <laughs> no, but <laughs> I usually just like. I just say, oh, well, that's kind of awkward to say out loud, and then I, I usually hide them. No, you don't. But, like, they are pretty well-manicured feet, and, like, I've, I've never, like, really taken care of them. 
So they're, it's manicured. Wait, are they complimenting the manicure or are they complimenting the feet themselves? No, I've never had a manicure, but like I'm saying like they're just naturally like good-looking feet. I don't know what to tell you. I'm simultaneously fascinated and feel like throwing up. I'm sure no one cares about my feet right now, but listen, if, if you have good feet and you're listening to this, because I know we have a lot of listeners like in Europe where this stuff is probably like actual – conversation starters you should hashtag like send john your feet and i i'll I'll take a look that is gonna end so (laughs) i don't want to be associated with this at all but i also do now want to see a picture of your feet and see if they really are like i I just i want to know if i'm gonna see these and go hmm those are good looking feet for a man i'm not one to give myself a pat on the back but uh yeah is that your most is that your most complimented? What is your most complimented body part? I mean, believe it or not, I, I usually get, I, or I used to get, some compliments on my my smile. Hmm, I could see that a little bit, but now has it transitioned into more feet related compliments? <laughs> no, I don't get any compliments anymore, ever. Actually, I've gone off the, I've gone off the rails. As I told my wife, I'm just gonna s- sit here and keep eating fast food till my arteries clog up and I just stop breathing well I mean that's probably not gonna be that much longer when you get down to it (laughs) I mean maybe a week and a half I don't know listen all I'm saying is the fact that you now own turtlenecks khaki pants a cat and apparently have good feet you're really (laughs) positioning yourself into us as a certain kind of person what's your most complimented feature um I would say my eyes and my calves (laughs) <laughs> That's such a bullshit. I hate when people say they have good calves. No, I hate it. look, you share a picture of your feet. I'll share a picture of my calves, and you would be like, "Oh, dude, he does have some pretty good calves." <laughs> oh man! All right, fine. That's 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 a deal. I... We're gonna put up a Facebook poll. Nicer feature: your feet, my calves. Oh my god! All right. So this is what our top five is. It's top five things that you should not do before noon. What's your number number five going down to number one? What's your number five? So this is probably my 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 like my worst one, but my number five is uh, have brunch before noon. What's wrong with brunch? That's literally the definition of brunch. It's breakfast and lunch. The acceptable time for brunch is eleven o'clock. And no, it's like twelve thirty or one. No, brunch is at eleven. No. Brunch, your breakfast is at is at ten or eleven. No, breakfast is at nine. Breakfast no, is breakfast a nine. To, breakfast is a nine to ten window. You hit eleven, that's prime brunch time. That's fine. What's your five? Pleasure yourself. Oh, <laughs> I should have known you were gonna take it there. You should not be going on a solo joyride by yourself before noon. Maybe that's the way people get their day started, or maybe they have a meeting. Early in the morning, I need to get some stress out. I don't know. Once in the morning, once in the afternoon, once at night. You know, some people are lonely, Nick. What's your number four? So this bothers me more than anything. Like, this is a pet peeve of mine that goes far beyond this top five. But we'll just just leave it at this. But it's uh, people who say they're tired when they, like, before noon. Yeah. You just got up at, like, 7.30 and it's only 9 o'clock. How the fuck are you tired? My number four is going to be get drunk. I just assumed that that was like a, just a given, I guess, but apparently it isn't. 
if it's a football game, I think if you can start drinking for a pro football game around 11, I think a college football game, if it's a home game, you can go as early as 9. But I don't think that you should be like puking drunk before noon. In all of my drinking escapades, I'm not entirely sure I've ever been drunk before noon. That's a good that's a good one. All right. Anyways, moving on. My number three, uh, which is also another pet peeve of mine, is uh, I can't stand people who book repairmen to come before noon. Why? I feel like that'd be better to do that in the morning. I don't want. I don't want to be bothered. Once again, I'm going like if if I have the day off, I don't want to have to worry about getting up. I don't know about your list, man. You're putting out a lot of things out there that I just, I don't agree with at all. I think you get that repair done early on. I think it's better to have it early. Why do you want to? Then you you waste your whole afternoon. You got to wait for the cable guy from two to six. No, so the cable guy is like, but that's a whole other issue. It's like they give you these six-hour windows, and either they're, they're, they're right at the front or at the back. They're never there in the middle, ever. I agree, but that's why you book them first thing in the morning. You get that first appointment, you got a pretty good idea when they're going to show up. I don't just don't bother me with it. All right, just uh, repair it some other time. Is are we on number three? Yeah, we need your number three. Eat lunch. See, that's like the brunch thing, right? Yeah, that's why brunch is perfect. That's why you can have brunch before noon. You can't have lunch before noon. You have to wait until at least like twelve zero zero one second, and then you can have lunch. That like if if I'm at work right and we're having lunch, I'm okay with having it before noon. Somebody says to you at eleven o'clock, "Let's go get lunch." You're gonna go? Well, no, I'm not gonna have like eleven thirty. Maybe you can leave at eleven thirty, but you can't actually be eating lunch at eleven thirty. Like you've got to I mean, wait I until. Think it all depends. Yeah, it depends on if you're an idiot or not. If you're a <laughs> social degenerate. You can go have lunch at eleven fifteen. What's your? My, so my number two. And once again, it has to do with, like, not not being social. Is, like, I don't want any of my neighbors to talk to me before noon. Depends. Is it a front yard conversation, a backyard conversation? Either. Like, I don't want to be taking out the garbage and, like, have my neighbor, like, come over and be like, you know, talk to me. I don't want to be shoveling the snow at 6 a.m. and have my next-door neighbor come out and start talking to me. Yeah, because the first thing he's going to say is, like, snowed a lot tonight, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, or... or you know, or they want to have like a, you know, and I have great neighbors. I'm not saying anything against my neighbors, uh, but you know, like I don't want to have a conversation. If I want to have a conversation, like I'll be having a beer in my backyard, just like standing there, like you know, waiting for you to talk to me. Yeah, but you're trying to eat brunch before noon. How you then? You're that's a conversation. You got to talk to somebody there. First off, brunch is between ten. Right, breakfast is between 9 and 11, right? Pushing it, I would say 9 to 10.30. Lunch is 11 to 2. No, I would say 12 to 2. I would say, I'd actually say lunch, you can go as late as 3. Okay, well, the, the later we go, the more it adds to my the validity of my point. You may, you may have trapped me in some kind of bad logic. <laughs> What's your number two, Lex Luthor? Get fired? That is terrible. I've, uh, yeah, that that would be terrible. It's, uh, you're talking about, like, just coming into the office and they're like, hey, Jim, you're fired. Yeah, uh, before noon. If you were going to get fired, what would be your optimal time of the day to be fired? <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't even, like, want, just, just leave me a voicemail. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm on my number one, which is uh, anyone who says that they're looking uh, forward to the next day before noon. Oh, that's a good one. I hate, I hate people like that. You know, it's it's 9 a.m. in the morning. We're like, oh, well, I can't wait to do this and this and this tomorrow. It's like we haven't even really got into today yet. What about on a Thursday, though, if it's like 11 and somebody says tomorrow's Friday at least? Oh, God. My number one is get arrested. Well, I mean, I feel like you'd want to get arrested early in the morning because then you have a better chance of not spending the night in jail. Yeah, but I feel like if you're getting arrested before noon, you probably did something pretty substantial. It's not like you yeah, had that's... unpaid parking tickets. <clears throat> I'm gonna, I feel like we should talk to some law enforcement officer. I would be willing to bet that as many as 85% of arrests made before noon are felony related. Listen, I'm I want to know you only gave one Mako shark fact. I was just getting to that. Do you want two other Mako shark facts and then we're going to wrap yeah, this hit up? Me, hit me with them. The Mako shark is sexually dimorphic and females are actually bigger than the males and the Mako shark has a very wide range of average size. The average size is 200 pounds, but some individuals can get up to as much as 1300 pounds. What would you do if you saw a 1,300-pound mako shark coming, like, swimming at you? Start thinking about cremation. I I want to know what humans eat uh, percent of their body weight. I bet, okay. Okay, so let's let's just do 200 pounds because that's easy. So if you ate 5% of your body weight, that would be 10 pounds of food. I don't think you could eat 10 pounds of food. If you ate two and a half percent, that would be five pounds. I bet we're pretty close to like, I bet the average person eats about two to three pounds worth of food a day. Okay, no, that's uh, a, this is actually easy to figure out. A pound is 3,600 calories. So if you're eating a pound of food, that obviously depends on what kind of food it is, but a pound is generally accepted as around 3,600 calories. So if you're eating 7,000 calories a day, that's two pounds of food. Wow, you, so, you actually sound quite knowledgeable on this. Here's, here's a math problem for you, Mr. Wizard. Will, will I have more ashes than you when we get cremated because I weigh more than you? Yeah, I mean, you have more mass. So, like, my fat isn't just going to burn off. It's going to be ashes as well? Yeah, but then you would also, I would think you would have extra skin. You would have larger bones. So here's what I want. When that day comes to where we get cremated, I want us to be on a shelf together. I want, like, our loved ones to put pictures of us on on the earth and and face it towards each other so you know that I hate you even after we're dead. Are you willing to go farther than Blood Brothers? Are you willing that if I die first to mix my ashes into a tattoo that you get? (laughs) Well, we, we both know that I'm going to go before you. Um, uh, Is that no, a yes or a no? Give me a yes or a no. No, I probably wouldn't get your ashes tattooed or on me. I just I probably wouldn't. Instead of our pictures on the urn, can it just be a picture of your feet and my calves? <laughs> I, I like that better, actually. That's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. Again, if you want to connect with Gentry Stein, you really got to see some of these videos. You can find him through all of our social media accounts. We've linked to him. And coming up next episode, 
I showed him the video of John Shaw's yo-yo tricks, and he was nice enough to go through and give, let's just call it a critique of John Shaw's yo-yo abilities, which he says, John Shaw that is, says that he is going to continue to put out more yo-yo videos because he has lots more tricks. So hopefully we'll hear from Gentry again as John continues to put out these yo-yo tricks videos, as he likes to call them. Also coming up next episode, I saw this person on Twitter and I thought, we have to talk to this person. It is a mortician who is also trying to become a stand-up comedian. That's going to be on the next episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you guys so much for listening. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We always want to hear from you guys. How do you want to be buried? What do you think that people shouldn't do before noon? What body part is better? My calves, John Shaw's feet. And should John Shaw get a tattoo with my ashes on it when I die? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.